Hi, my name is Joe Jackson. And between the years 1990 and 2000, I did hundreds of interviews with musicians for the Irish Times in a slot that was originally called the Joe Jackson Interview. When Paddy Woodworth, the newspaper's arts editor, launched its now legendary sound and vision double-page spread. The name above the title idea was his. And I once said to Paddy, why me, Lord? I was joking, though editors do like to be addressed that way. Paddy explained that he chose me primarily because we both believe that the art should be central to political debate rather than relegated to the sidelines, and that as such, popular music, as an outgrowth of popular culture, could and should be explored from a socio-political perspective. Either way, that slot, which if only because it was a three-quarter page spread in the Irish Times, became much sought after, and it could help sell out a gig, or so Tony Bennett once told me. And that, to me, was the added bonus, especially as someone who became an interviewer to meet my music heroes. I now had access to virtually any musician I wanted to interview, including longtime heroes such as Bennett, Ray Charles and Joni Mitchell. And even if all I got was a phone interview, something I usually rejected because it didn't lend itself to in-depth discussion, I was happy to say, you bet. What follows? is one of my Irish Times interviews. Enjoy. Uh, this is Joe Jackson there, please. Check your list. Joe Jackson it is, yeah. Uh, it's Patrick Friendly, STM, with uh, Bon Jovi. I've got John Bon Jovi for you. Thank you. Okay, goodbye. Bye. Finally. Hi, Joe. Hello there. How are you? Sound very well, thank you. So we still got our 20 minutes, do we? Even oh, though... yeah, sure, no problem. Good it's, stuff. You know, Spain and the AT&T system are not good friends. Yet. Okay, where are you? I'm in uh, Barcelona. Oh, okay. What time of the day is it? All right. Okay. Okay. So I'm working with the Irish Times. You may have seen the newspaper on your visits over here. And we got this kind. Of, I've just they've just been given this rather large slot every Friday to interview every style of uh, musician. Okay. So it's kind of in an arts section. And one one thing I want to get out of the way immediately is that I'm a music critic, but I'm not the enemy. Okay. No, and I won't. I'm not bullshitting you. Because I hear uh, a lot of the music. I lived in New York for a while, and I hear a lot of Bruce and even Dion DeMucci, if you remember him. Of course I do. The kind of working class gangs and that we all knew as kids, whether you live in Dublin or not. Right. So I hear echoes of that, and I have no problem with it. Okay. Okay? So the, uh, the first question is a critical question. Remember you got up some people's noses the last time, the gays comment? Yeah, completely. They're going to want to kick your ass, and some may want to kiss your ass because they may like you. Do you accept that you may have had some some fans in the audience who are gays? Um, yeah, I think I, I cleared this up when I did some press prior to the release of the album. Right. And I'll reinstate it. Okay. Um, I regretted that I, you know, that the word gay was taken wrong in any which way or, you know, form. Right. I absolutely think that there's absolutely nothing wrong with being gay or lesbian and that in this world it's hard enough to find love in any way you can find it sure god bless you well, that, that is that is it in a nutshell now let me recap what happened that night okay i wasn't going on stage yet until i had found out the score of the Giants sure. rams football game and just you know when you're a football fan as you know in, in ireland with the soccer right. and that yeah, kind yeah. of thing you just blurt out whatever comes to your mind. Well, I said something that may have sounded uh, like an anti-gay, you know, slander, but I just, instead of saying, you know, some like 
fuck or something, you know, on on stage. I just happened to blurt out these faggots. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Nothing sexually uh, was was ever meant, you know, or, or certainly no no slander towards anyone who's gay. I okay. have a lot of friends who are gay, and right. maybe the last thing I'd want to do is sure because I uh, I think like I said, it's hard enough to find love in this world. So well, they have they've all I've cleared that. Okay. Out. Well, they have a lot of problems here with the law because it's still illegal in Ireland, and they're fighting their own struggles on every level. So maybe they felt we don't need this too. I I couldn't agree with them more. Right, right. Um, but what about the question that I, I interviewed recently, an Irish lesbian rocker, and she said a lot of her, she didn't mention you, but she said a lot of her male gay friends do like metal groups because they're handsome guys, tight jeans and all that. I mean, do you have a problem with that idea? No. That some I'm, in the audience might actually be gay fans? No, 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 not at all. Right, right. And that element in metal music, that it is a lot of boys playing to one another? Again, I don't know that that necessarily relates to us because I, I never considered us a metal band, you know. Right. And that I mean, um, and and again, as, as sexual as you want to believe rock and roll can be, um, to me it's just you know I'm just singing. I don't really think of it from a sexual point of view. Right. But your appeal has been the appeal of the band for a lot of people, mostly women, I would suggest, has been you. You're a sexy guy. Well, uh, you know. So be it. Right, right. I would hope that at the end of the day that they gave the music a chance too. But sure. Either way, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not too concerned with. All right, it. but you do write. I can see why some guys may get confused. You write some great songs about male bonding. You know, like Blood on Blood sure. is a great anthem for guys of us who, who who are wearing gangs and remember making these links that maybe fall apart in time. Yeah. Or blame it on the love of rock and roll. Yeah. So, I mean, it's maybe there's a thin line between what they're hearing and what, you know, the rest of us take out of those songs. I, I, but, you know, how lucky would you feel if you were still in contact with your childhood buddies and uh, right. those, those bonds went on forever? Right. I often think about those guys that I wrote about in that song and wonder where the fuck they are, you know. And in Blood on Blood. I with them and, uh, yeah. you know, and, and, and sing that song when I, you know, when I play it live. Um, so and Jesus, that, that bond. I mean, there's a, that kind of a bond when in a rock and roll band. Do you have you lost touch with all those guys? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, but what about blaming on the love of rock and roll? It almost suggests that that's how it can be kept alive. Um, yeah. Within a rock context. Sure. I mean, there was a scenario where Richie and I were trying to uh, um, capsulize everything that had happened to us. You know, in that first more or less nine years and um as we sat together we you know we had a couple good laughs and shouting and crying and all the same and when one night and said jesus but it's been a lot of fun and, and wrote a tongue-in-cheek song <laughs> all right you know there's a there's a great bond in the in the in any rock and roll band because a rock and roll band in essence is like a little bit of a gang or a, or brothers or however you want yeah, to look at it yeah because uh you know you live together you you you're closer together than your own families. But is there any kind of uh, fear of growing up and growing old, which is what you write about? I'm not afraid of growing no. old. No? Nah. No? That's that's one of the tongue-in-cheek elements in the song. Yeah, I know. and, uh, you know, I think it's it's uh, it's meant just to be just that. Lightweight. 
Yeah. You know, I did run a comparison between your lyrics and maybe Bruce and Dion, but there's a lot of critics seem to take a stand against you who maybe don't remember this kind of being part of a working class gang or having that bonding. And they kind of, I even looked at the new rock and roll book and they said, what you do is hard rock hack work of the most banal sort. How do you feel about that? God bless Um, them. What can I say? I'm not going to defend who we are or what we are, but... Ten years down the road, I guess I'm still making records, you know, right. and, uh, and very happily, thank you, you know. So, um, as long as the people seem to like it, what can I do? I can't try to please sure, everybody. Sure, sure. But y- your lyrics—I mean, I don't hear your lyrics as kind of brain dead, dickhead lyrics. Thank you. I'm, you know what I mean? I think sure. maybe maybe some critics hear the music first and see the poses and think of some asshole actions and they say that's what his music or their music's about and they don't look a little further. Well, you judge a book by its cover. Right. You know, I mean that that's going to happen. Uh, and it's unfortunate because a lot of a lot of folks are, you know, you're busy today, Joe. You got 10 other things to do today, so you're going to spend 20 minutes talking to me on the phone. Right. And you don't really know me or anything about me or my guys, you know? Sure. So maybe uh, because you took an extra couple of minutes to look in, in that dictionary of rock and roll, well, that, that was kind of you. But on the other hand, you know, there's probably four or five guys that wouldn't have even done that. And then you just go, oh, yeah, the guy with the, the haircut. Yeah. You know? And you go, well. Well, I also know the music. That's cool. You know what I, I mean? I, I, I truly yeah. appreciate that. Right, you know, you're, right. gonna, you're always going to get a guy that judges a book by its Sure, color. sure. Okay, well, you know the way you've written about things like pollution in the Hudson River, very poetic lyrics in Beds of Roses. I mean, do you feel that you're locked in by a particular image? And Dry Country is kind of another epic kind of scope. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that we're locked into anything. No. I mean, if anything, I'll tell you what I did on this record was took a lot of chances. It was a big gamble yeah. to change everything from you know right from the top down from management to producers to video makers to every fucking thing to image to sound to lyrics to you name it i took some chances because one thing i wouldn't do was go out there and rhyme moon june and spoon and try to capitalize on recent fads or even our own jesus that would kill me what capitalize on your on on what you'd already done yeah yeah just repeat yourself Right. I mean, right. to me, when I come to Dublin, I think of, of, of Van Morrison or I think of Elvis Costello and I think of the brilliant songwriting. Sure. You know, and, and that's that's where I'm at, you know. And you also dig Bono. To death, yeah, I think he's fucking brilliant. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen the one review that says there's echoes of uh, Actung Baby and the Zoo TV tour and songs like Fear and that Save a Prayer has echoes of you too. Is that conscious or just something that happened? And that was a brilliant album. I mean, it was an that was my favorite album of that year. Right. Um, and, right. And I I respect the hell out of that band. I think they're they're great. Why? What you love though about it? What is it? The the darkness, the lyrics, the music. The, it's all. It's just it's the band. Quote, right. It's the whole. It's right. the whole thing. You know. Right. I mean, right. uh, I think that the guy's a great singer, and I think that they're great songwriters. Right. I saw um, Elvis on your T-shirt, and I saw a picture of you there in Nashville Studio B, where he did Heartbreak Hotel. Right. Is he a hero? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Elvis stands for a lot of the bad things that rock and roll, you know. All right. Too, but uh, he certainly was, you know, was the best. Uh, he's a fucking brilliant singer. Um, he epitomized what the dangers of rock and roll were, you know. Sure. At, at a, at a, in uncharted waters. Right. By by dying at that age. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame. It killed him. Sure. But um, he certainly was. 
was, you know, the best there was. Did you? But did you learn from that? Is there any t- any chance you're going to die zonked out in drugs at 42? No, I doubt it. Um, I pass out <laughs> before I get that crazy, but I, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't. I doubt it. Um, but did you learn though from his? Because I've talked to Dion about that, and Dion said he woke up seeing other people go. But that part of it, I mean, for Dion, he was 14 in, in the Bronx and he got hooked. Yeah. And a lot of his buddies that he didn't lose touch, he lost touch with because they died yeah. at 15. Yeah. yeah. So he, he said a lot of other people I've talked to did wake up when Elvis went that way. I saw, you know, I saw some of my friends die too. And right. uh, I never, never got that deep, you know. I never saw the sense in putting a needle in my arm and I never saw the, the sense in, you know, just drinking myself silly every night. Right, right. It's just, um, I got over it. So have you got a handle on those things now? Well, I yeah. mean, I was out till 7 this morning, you know, and went in Spain to his... <laughs> Spanish, dude. <laughs> you know, but uh, it's certainly, you know, I'm fucking sitting here with this pot of coffee right now. Right, right. But, um... Well, we do have this image, though, of you. You know, I saw, you know, after you did the music for Young Guns too, you kept making the analogy of a cowboy riding into town. Yeah. That whole thing. I mean, is that a pose? The, Not a pose. You know, it's funny, though. Again, tonight, you get to go home and sit at your kitchen table and eat dinner and hopefully see your wife and right. watch TV and get in your own bed and go to sleep. Right. I don't know where the fuck I am. Right. I'm in, a, in some place today, and I'm going somewhere else tomorrow, and, you know, it's just another room number, and people ask me where I am, and I really have to think about sure, it. Sure, sure. And I told myself, you know, on this tour, when it gets to the point where I don't know where I am anymore pull the plug right you know right, go home right. for a week or two and then come back out and now that when, as i'm sensing that I, I i've just scheduled a whole bunch of breaks sure because, sure uh, it can do you in yeah yeah, yeah. i tell you if, this, if it's not fun then what's the fucking use but is it all about though kind of ripping off your record company as you said getting all the pussy you want and making all the money is that really what it's all about it has nothing to do with that whatsoever that's why i asked you is that part of the pose or no, the game no nothing to do with that what i meant by the the loneliness of it the right. uh, the 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 be the, 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 the being scared um you know it's not the romantic part of it no it certainly isn't romantic like the the, the pose part well that's what a lot of our readers your fans would think that you're in heaven um, you know what i mean they I'm believe the rock and roll about my job mind right, you. Right. You know, i love what i do or i wouldn't do it but um the only part of the day that's worth a shit is when i'm on stage singing yeah, that's that's the biggest high. That's the only high. The is rest it, of it sucks. You drink to to kill the boredom. But is it higher than love of a woman, a love for a woman? I don't think that it could be compared. Uh, I could, you know, I don't think that it it can be compared with the word love. But right. sometimes it's better than sex. Well, sex, yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of people say it's a better high than sex when you're really buzzing on the center of a crowd and they yeah. love you and they love your work. When you write a song and you finish a, a song that you know is a great. Uh, that's that's better than sex. I, it can be. So what's the purest moment for you? Writing a song. Yeah? yeah. Even more so than connecting with a great crowd? Yeah. Right. Finishing it and performing it first time or just finishing it? Finishing it. Right. Playing it back just with an acoustic to yourself however you want to do it, you know. With yourself being the judge rather than the buddies? Uh, they're always critical as, as all hell. Um, right. But right. to myself first and foremost and then, you know, to anyone and everyone else, if it's my wife or the band or the Bob Rock or right. whomever, to me 
that that's always just the greatest feeling in the world. How long are you married? Four years yesterday. Okay, well, congratulations. Thank you. How does she deal with the loneliness of you being away and, and with all the women who are inevitably chasing you? Wow, she laughs at that. Is she, she with you? what I look like in the morning, but... Uh, Is she with you on tour? No. All Actually, right. Actually, we're expecting a baby any day now. First? Yep. Oh, congratulations again. Thank Heartfelt congratulations. That's a good one. Um, okay, so how do you feel about that? Uh, you know, it's... it's <laughs> got to shrug it off i mean one great thing that we're we're allowed um at this point in our careers is the opportunity to bring friends or family whenever wherever right uh with us so while we're out touring you know you can say to your buddies hey come on there's a plane ticket for you come all on right hang for a week right um and that's a real thrill okay um you know it keeps keeps you you know rooted a bit and as far as all the you know the rules have changed Man, it's just not like it used to be. Sure, sure. In terms of excesses. Yeah. Right, because it's dangerous. So you mean in terms of sex, sex and AIDS? No, I mean it's it's a real shame that that uh you know a kid today has to grow up worrying about AIDS and crack and right yeah yeah you know all the the fun and the experimentation and yeah you know it it was like uh it was sort of an experiment right and now it's. It's like a game of Russian roulette. Sure, or, you know, sure. You want to die? Come here. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't but know that it's worth it. But you had you had to have those fears previously to being married, or you know, I mean, it was there in '85, '86, '87. Those the yeah, same fears. It wasn't fear. as prevalent, was it? You know, no. I mean, we were we were young and crazy and and had our fair share of stupidity. You know. Right, right, um, right. But would you have been afraid of AIDS? Sure. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Right, right, right. Did you ever have a test? Did you have to check? I've had several checks. Right, and you're okay. I'm okay. You, would you have to do that before having a kid? Do you feel people should do that? Responsibility if they're going to bring a, to, yeah, uh, bring a child into the sure, world. Sure, that's not a bad idea. I didn't do it for that reason. I mean, I had to do it for, you know, silly insurance reasons. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, better safe than sorry. And, and right. I think that's a, that's a very wise thinking. If we're going to bring a child into the world. Yeah. Right, right. Is your wife the woman Dorothy, if that's how I pronounce it? Correct. And what's your second name? Hurley. <laughs> Hurley? Dorothea Rose Hurley. Right, yeah, this kid's going to be more <laughs> Irish than he is anything else. <laughs> okay, I've only the last couple of questions. So, are, are you going to end up doing a kind of tunnel of love, a dark hearted exploration of love in a couple of years? Uh, I hope not. I hope I'm a lot happier yeah. than it seems Bruce was during sure. that period. Sure. Um, and right now, I certainly am. Sure. But would you accept that that too is part of love, that it can get dark and go back to light? Yeah, man. It it ain't all, you know, roses, as they say. I mean, but I've recently found out uh, as part of growing up that life isn't, you know, a pet of roses, pardon the pun. uh, (laughs) Nice plug. I mean, it's all part of growing up. And it it was a very exciting time for me to, to, to realize those things. Right, right. Well, you, it's great of you guys to end the tour in Belfast, which a lot of acts neglect. Mm. Why did you choose that? Uh, we were there on the last tour and uh, had a good time, so you know we, we realized that there were some fans up there and that we should go back. Right, right. So it's, not, it's no political reason. It's, you're not no. making any kind of statement on that level. Uh-uh. Okay, so uh, the one great lyric on the album is, Got my vaccination from a phonograph needle. <laughs> I really like it. But do any of the fans ask you what is a phonograph needle? Oh, God forbid. You know. <laughs> um, no, no, no. They haven't, but I sure do miss vinyl. Right, yeah, because the CD generation, I just thought of that. I mean, I remember phonograph <laughs> needles, and that's where we all got our hook originally. 
Right. Okay, John, I thank you for talking to me. Okay, Joe. And uh, I look forward to seeing the show. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye now. Bye-bye. Hi, Joe Jackson here again. And if you want to read the article that came out of that chat you just heard, check my website, joejacksoninterviewer.com. Also, if you'd like to be notified of shows that focus on hundreds more interviews like the one you just heard, why not subscribe to the Joe Jackson Interviews podcast? Either way, thank you for listening.